Hey, chaps. I just had a good chuckle at that meme uh, shared by the, the Roman history guys on Twitter, but basically with the like despair, smoking, <laughs> woe, woe yak, woe jack, um, approaching uh, the young lady and, and, um, and the young lady like being like, what? And then Caesar approaching the young woe jack and being like, come with me to invade Gaul. And then he's like all happy white pill. <laughs> and the girl's like, what? I feel like it just captures, it captures the, the glorious essence of the masculine, you know, our desire for, our desire for beauty and intimacy and uh, love and community uh, with the feminine, but uh, superseded by our desire for mission and war and conquest and glory um, and brotherhood with the masculine. And so I was just thinking for ourselves, you know, we live in a, in a society that is, is just massively, um, you know, the opioid, soy, sugar, computer game, porn lifestyle that has made us passive, that has made us inert, that just suppresses and uh, we're captive, you know, we're, we're in, we're despair, uh, we're in captivity to despair. And our chains are comfort and materialism. Not that we, DVD, uh, hey brother. Not that we, um, not that we achieve that materialism ourselves, but but comfort as far as material peace or material. Um, you know, there's no lack. We're not starving. It's not survivor us picking our our toenails out on a dirty piece of mud with rain and it's crap and we're about to start cannibalizing each other. Um, you know, so, so we, we are advanced. We're, we're far enough advanced as a society to not have to cannibalize each other, which ironically would bring a lot of meaning to life because we'd start being like, I don't want to be the one cannibalized. I'm going to up my game here. But when it comes to, to our, our materialistic life that we've inherited, you know, you go to school and uh, it's just crazy sending kids to school. You know, you're sending them to basically a baby care center jail you're sending them to a prison where they are controlled by a bunch of of ladies who hate them who hate you who hate your god they are indoctrinated into a worldview that god doesn't exist that he didn't create this planet that he's not involved in your life if the only thing that god can exist is as a bad god he's the reason for your problems or he's the one that you blame the father image the the patriarchal image and then we we have this drama and culture pumped uh, into our eyeballs that you know family is uh, is bad and the father is a buffoon and he's bad. Uh, whiteness is bad. That you're evil if you're white. You're bad if you're white. You're bad if you're a father. You're bad if you have a nuclear family and a quiet life in the burbs. Rob, hey brother, de Yoman. Greetings, gents. Wonderful to have you on. It was quiet without you guys yesterday. We um, we have this this brainwashing. So we're we're imprisoned in school, and then we're we're just flooded and brainwashed with this programming. Rob, two places in Western life you must ask permission to use the lavatory: prison and public school. And that's it. You know, we 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 build a society of prisoners. You know, our school system builds. You know, it used to be said that that public schooling was to make better citizens. You know, and, and in a homogenous society, you can understand that because you love the kids, because 
you know, even this thing in, in America of like these huge ass high schools of like thousand kids per grade, or I don't know how many, they're just huge high schools. The centralization of, of, of prison centers for youth prison centers where these kids, you know, and it's like, they're being taught to be model prisoners. That's what they're being taught to be, you know? So, so you have this terrible, you know, four hour life, cube life, rat race life for, you know, eight, 10 hours a day, another two hours on the bus, you know, and then you come home and, and so you, you fix that with sugar, with, with, um, high fructose corn syrup, uh, and porn and video games, you know, because your life is so inherently meaningless and, and despair, like despair starts there, you know, these, these crazy despair, disparaging schools, you know, but it, in the old days of a homogenous society, it's like, oh yeah, you have the little schoolhouse where there's maybe 20 or 30 kids and one teacher who's part of the community and you know, all the families, you know, the kids and, and you're there for like four or five hours just to get tutoring on a certain thing. And the rest of the time it's play, it's adventure, it's, it's go do what you're interested in and, and seek passion and go be in nature and uh, worship the Lord. And, and most of your schooling was going to be from the church. You know, the, the pastor would preach like a two hour sermon on theological glory uh, with the kids, like not at a little daycare thing playing games because they don't understand what's going on. Or we think they don't understand what's going on. It's like, no, they were sitting in, you know, the whole family sat in church together and listened to some pretty deep, high IQ, theological weapons grade culture equipping. So anyway, Nick Cooper, welcome brother. When do we depart? Yes. What is our goal? So yes. So, so this brings us, you know, we, we, I was speaking about that meme with the Wojak and Caesar and the young lady. <laughs> what is our goal? You know, what is our great adventure? What is our great danger? Uh, I think that's why, why, you know, men are, are, are just despairing in our culture is because we have no more war. We have, it's, it's peace. It's bad peace at all costs. And not to take up arms and go and, and insurrect the state capital and boogaloo and whatnot. But what is the war of, you know, so many conservatives and Christians, we, we, we want to pretend that there is no culture war. We want to pretend that, oh, my kids are missionaries at this jail. You know, like who the heck sends their brother or their father or their uncle or their son to jail? to go be a missionary in jail. It's like, I mean, yeah, sure. They did it. I don't know who that, that bunch of Dutch missionaries were who sold themselves into slavery. They're a bunch of mad people. I mean, good on them if they had the faith to do that, but your child has no, has no uh, option. You know, you, they're literally a slave to you as a parent and you're sending them off to these prison camps to be a light. Well, anyway, so back to, they, they don't believe there's a culture war. They don't believe that this, the institutions have been captured subverted and weaponized against them you know the 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 parasitic class that controls the western world right now through through banking through media uh through uh industrial agriculture industrial war industrial uh lawfare they they know they're at war right they've got spoils of war they've got foot soldiers. They've got an economic logistics system. Like they are fully geared for war for the last 100 years. You know, that Bolshevik revolution uh, in Russia, like you can really see that as the first great success of this parasitic class, this parasitic group. Um, 
and it just like it's it's been since then it's like they know that it's war you know you you look at any and for a while i was almost like communism was too easy a meme like oh gotta stop communism gotta you know communism because all the all the conservatives are like oh yeah socialism and communism and you're like you're a bunch of ineffective fags like you're not doing anything so if you're pointing at an enemy it can't be the right enemy you know and then that's when all the jew hatred comes in that's when all the the racism comes in and and um you know it's like whoa like i actually think we have to go so deep you know yes there is an issue uh with a certain tribe and and how they operate their power levers yes there is an issue with with monocult with multicultural tribal wars over democratic tools or democratic machinery but when it comes back down to it like you you look further in there and it's like you look at the banking system you look at how you know like i even think like i think the jews have been played you know i think the jews have been played i think the british have you know it's like uh what's the word i'm looking for albion uh napoleon always used it talking about the the oh, perfidious perfidious albion you know the the perfidious british empire you know this this terrible empire that that just destroyed and wrought havoc on on so much of the world and it's like that wasn't the average British guy. That wasn't the average bloke down at the pub. It's like for him, you know, again, he was just seeking a bit of adventure, seeking as like, you know, Wellington comes along and says, all right, chaps, follow me. And we are invading Gaul. And all the chaps are like, yep, old, old nosy. Let's head off with Wellington here. They, they didn't know what the heck was going on. They didn't know that it was a war over gold or a war over political power or a war over jilted royal families and machinations, or, you know, we, us who are, us who are the, again, even people who think they're in the upper crust, the higher upper classes of society, you know, there is such a, there is such a distinction. You know, you look at it with the Titanic, with, with Astor, uh, I can't remember the chap's first name, but but Astor, he was a wealthy, wealthy Anglo-American uh, in the late 1800s, like mega wealthy, like with equivalent with all the robber barons. And he was killed um, on the Titanic. Uh, you know, JP Morgan was supposed to be on the Titanic. Uh, I think he funded the whole thing to to get, you know, the last opposition to the Federal Reserve. You know, these guys start, these guys start playing at a totally different level. You know, you look at, at Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and all these guys and you're like, man, like they are the elite. And it's like, sure, in a way they have access to a whole bunch of power and a whole bunch of levers of, of economy and, you know, Soros pulling levers and all this stuff. But I bet you there's like hundreds of, of other dudes who are far wealthier who just are happy to go under the radar because they control a, a ton of the machinery of the British empire of the Jewish media, media empire, banking empire. And so we, we, we target, you know, we're like, oh, the British are evil colonizers or it's the Jews fault or the blacks just are ruining everything. And all of us, majority, all of us are, are just fighting against each other, which is all fine, all well and good for those who are pulling the, the strings of banking and, and media and, and the political machinery. I'm digressing a lot over here. 
Rob, in loco parentis is a dangerous concept when your society begins to devour itself. Explain that for us with the below room temperature IQ. W Laser, welcome, brother. John Jacob Astor the fourth. Thank you. That is who the gentleman was. Yep. Jesuit controlled media. Yeah, there we go. You know, so it's like all of these target groups, you know, with with deep secret society, you know, and that's it. Like secret societies are a real thing and, and they're a valuable thing. You know, we should be having many Knights Templar and whatnot. And and you look at how at how the the Freemasons as a as a secret society, you look at all the, you know, the skull and bones and the fraternal societies out of all of the, the hot shot universities. You know, you look at the um, uh, Rhodes Foundation and, you know, you just, you, all these secret societies, you know, like trying to all go for their own things. You know, in South Africa, there was a very successful secret society called the Bruderbund, which is Afrikaans for the Brotherhood. And they had a plan from, from the early 1900s to infiltrate and subvert and capture the, the the governing institutions of South Africa. And within 30 years, boom, they had it. And they won a democratically elected election. They legitimately did win a democratically elected election. But by maneuvering into the gatekeeping roles of every institution, capture, uh, subverting, capturing, and weaponizing institutions against the empire, against the prevailing culture of its day. So what is our goal? You know, what is our thing that we're off to fight against? Because because here's our problem with, with the church, majority of the church. When, when I say that, you know, I'm I'm not this guy on the outside who's angry and bitter and shouting at the church. I, I am the church. You know, it's that whole thing of like, oh, why don't they do anything? And it's like, you are him, you know. Why doesn't the church do anything? It's like, I am the church. So when I talk about the church, it's like, I am complicit. Um, you know, and we, we, we talk... We talk in this way of, of the problem with the church is that we don't give young men a goal. We don't give young men Caesars to say, come with me, chaps. We're going on a glorious adventure. We're fighting for the kingdom. We're, we're taking and extending dominion over land, over power mechanisms, over wealth. You know, that is our goal in this day and age. You know, a lot of, a lot of us, we're, we're, we're looking for a homeland. We're looking for a, a home people. We're looking for belonging. We're looking for meaning. And instead, we're living in metrosexual city apartments, working hotshot jobs, driving a nice car, wearing nice clothes. Um, and our life is unfulfilling. Our life is this thing of like, man, there must got to be more to life. And for a lot of us, all that is, 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 you know, I spoke yesterday about wanting a mission, about taking risks in your domain. But it's like, that's what we really want in life. We want brotherhood on a mission. Like, just give me a Caesar who I can follow, you know, and go and, and be in a legion with a bunch of lads. Uh, and and we, want, we want that adventure. We want that danger together. And what a, great, what a greater goal than modern Anglosphere clown world, you know. Gaul was clown world to the Romans. It's like, look at these bloody barbarians, uncivilized, you know, thugs always raiding us and whatnot. Let's go pacify and civilize conquer and civilize and it's like herein is our goal you know all these institutions all these crazy you know because that's how culture is formed it's it's institutions you know the number one institution is the family we it's you know negative institutions and positive institutions i've talked about this negative institutions are the institutions we control we don't have to fight anyone for we just have to do the things positive institutions are the ones we have to fight for or copy and fight against 
And so we have to understand that, that, you know, we have to be institutionally at war. Our family is a weapon of war. The Bible says about children that they are arrows in the quiver of a warrior. You know why? Because we're, we're setting our children up as the next takers and extenders of dominion. Your business, your job, your bank account is, an, is a negative institution, an institution you have control over. You know, wealth is a good thing. Why? If a Christian man like yourself is wealthy, you know, if a Christian man like yourself had the had the, the the resources and relationships of Bill Gates, would the world be a better place? You damn bet it would be. You know, instead we're like, oh, I don't know if I feel good about being wealthy. You know, it's like God wants you to be wealthy. God, it says, by humility and fear of the Lord, which every Christian will agree are great things. By humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Tear that out of your Bible. You know, it's this whole thing of like, oh, but brother, we're meant to suffer. And it's like, you can be wealthy and suffer. You can be wealthy and go through the storms of life. You can be wealthy and be persecuted. Like it's not an and or, I mean, it's not an either or thing. You will have trouble in this life, but you also will have blessing. God is, is commanded a blessing upon us. Dear Yeoman, why is it that Peter Hammond doesn't like the Bruderbund? Probably because he's a, a good English boy and he uh, wasn't let in. We didn't get in on the inside, I'm afraid. Also, I think the Bruderbund, you know, as they started losing power, I think they became more and more pure purist. The Bruderbund was pretty, they became, you know, as, as the Africana civilization declined, you know, towards the end of the eighties, they, the liberalization increased, you know, the, the clever Afrikaners, the clever English boys, the, the liberal university guys, you know, they started just hyper liberalizing the state. And I think the Bruderbund were like, we need to start going hard. We need to start pushing hard. And they became pretty extreme. And I think that's why a lot of people don't like the Brudermont is because their final stages, it was like the final stages of, of, of holding on to what you fought so hard for. You get pretty cray-cray. And, you know, I, I think that could do a lot, a, a lot with it there. It's, it's just the extremity towards the end of losing their civilization. DVG, it sounds like you're talking about maybe releasing or letting go of the small conflicts and skirmishes that we often get stuck in, evangelicals versus Catholics, blacks versus Asians, etc., and instead create brotherhoods and go after larger goals such as invading Gaul. Yep, I think, you know, one of the biggest things for us is looking at who are the successful, who who are the militaristic cultures who are who are waging institutional warfare in our day and age. It's the Amish, it's the Jews, it's the Muslims. And it's the uh, Mormons based, you know, absolutely crushing institutionally. They have their own institutions. They, they, they are solid on the negative institutions. Families, they're just pumping out babies. They're just cruising young marriage, right? Um, they're educating their own children, their own morality, just crushing, right? Economy. Have you ever seen a poor Jew? Have you ever seen a poor Amish? Have you ever seen a poor Mormon? Like I'm sure people have, but not to our knowledge, right? Um, and then, uh, and then, when it comes to to positive institutions, they've got their own universities, they've got their own um, businesses, lands, their own aims and and goals in society, justice systems, legal systems, church justice, whatever you want to call it. Like they are just crushing. And so, you know, when it comes to us being very clever as Protestant boys, like what do we do as Protestant boys? Like number one, we have to understand that we're at war. The institutions are no longer ours, you know, and that's the biggest thing is like we're waiting for some guy up in leadership to, to, to say 
you know, chaps, we're at war. Let's come with me to golf. Let's go do stuff. You know, like we're waiting for that. That, And again, it's not pick up guns and go boogaloo. It's, it's stop calling the culture hours. Stop reading the newspapers. Stop watching the pornos. Stop taking the loans. Stop. Why? Because those are all distractions to get you to hate the people that you shouldn't even care about that you don't even, you know, you don't even need to worry about, you know, if some guy is, is dumping trash into my neighbor's house, like just drive backing in and dumping trash into their house on a subscription fee. Like I shouldn't go out and kill that guy. It's just like, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not complicit in this. Like I'm not going to have him come dump it in my place. You know, and if we have a homeowners association, we're going to kick out our neighbor because then he stops bringing the trash into our neighborhood. You know, that's how it is with drug dealers. It was like, oh, kill the drug dealers. It's like, no, don't take the drugs. Don't let the, the, the druggies live in your neighborhood because they're the ones who are pulling it all in. I'm extreme on this. Forgive me for those who I do not agree on a few certain things here. Nick Cooper, a group of us separated and are replanting a church when we saw our large evangelical church started going woke. Good for you, man. Good timing. You know, and that's it. It's that's the joy of the Protestant fractural fracturalism. Factional fracturingism. You know, everyone's like, it, it's a it's a double-edged sword. You know, I feel sorry for the Catholic boys. You know, you have this crazy woke pope and you're stuck, you know. But it creates secret brotherhoods and it creates subversive tactics and it creates resolve in their body. And again, we're in our domain of like, well, I'm not a priest, so I don't care. I'm just going to do my own thing. But with the Protestants, every man a priest, right? We're like, I can do better than this guy. And it's all overt warfare. It's all open. It creates in us, it creates in us the willingness to abandon institutions to go create our own, you know, copy or capture. And we're like, well, I'm just going to go stop my own, take people with me, and then we'll we'll fight it on an institutional level. So it's a good thing, right? Don't don't stay with bad. Don't stay at, at woke churches. I, I fully endorse this. You know, and if if you have the faith that that ministry is your domain, that that God is calling you to ministry, and that you're going to be a man who's willing to die and have his head cut off for Christ, go start a church in your in your in your living room. You know, invite ten strong men to come have fellowship with you every Sunday and and stand up for for Christ, and and you'll very soon be, you know, doing what God has called the pastors who aren't doing it. You'll be doing it. But don't be a hired servant who, well, I could just be a better pastor and I could just do a better thing. You know, oh, we want the childcare to be this way or we want to just just be this or that. And then like, you know, persecution comes and, and everyone just flees or COVID comes and everyone just flees. And it's like, no, like, you know, we want we want Caesars in the church. You know, you want a pastor who's like, all right, chaps, meeting at my place. Uh, come hell or high water, we're not shutting down our church. If I get arrested, if I get killed, whatever, like, it's like, yeah, I joined that guy's church. Yeah, we meet in his living room. Yeah, he doesn't know how to preach, but this is what we're here for. We have a brave men who love the Lord. Alrighty, I'm getting around myself. All right, but yeah, I was answer, answering your question, DVG, on creating larger, creating larger uh, brotherhoods and and alliances to invade Gaul. You know, and that's it. In this in this crazy clown world that we're fighting. You know, Mormons and Amish are like some of the most exemplary culture builders that we need to copy. And how do you copy? 
you go in humbly and you say, how are you doing this? And it doesn't mean, oh, I go become a Mormon or I go become an Amish. It's literally humbly asking them, we want to learn how to fight. Please teach us how to fight. We want to learn how to make weapons, institutionalized, weaponized institutions. Please teach us how to weaponize institutions. We want to learn how to have multi-generational dynasties that carry on. Uh, you know, it's like, please teach us. You can go to the freaking Muzzies and ask that. Please teach us how you do patriarchy. Because we, we've lost it. We've lost the technology. You know, it's that classic NASA moon landing. Unfortunately, we can't go back. We've lost the technology and it's too painful to rebuild. Well, that's the Western Anglos, Protestants with social patriarchal institutional dominion. We've lost the technology. And so now we have to look to our friends around us and make friends of them and figure out how the heck to do it. Dear Yoman, seize space within society, become pa uh, passively oppositional to anyone who isn't you. Yeah, man, exactly. Owned space. You know, that's that whole thing that BAP was talking about of, of owned space. It, it's exactly that, you know, and, and own all, like max out strength on the negative institutions. And then, yeah, we passively guard our, our, our positive institutions, you know, exactly that. Rob, Juice, Mormons, Amish, Irish travelers are very distinct identities. These groups have extremely strong in-group preference. Yeah. And so do we. Here's the problem. Our in-group was so strong that we molded everybody to us, you know, and now we, we can't identify because everyone else now copied our stuff, our culture, if you want to call it, we feel bad putting up boundaries. We feel bad saying, ah, you're not doing it with me. Like this is, these are my mates. We don't know who our mates are. We don't know who our friends are because we don't know that we're at war. One of the easiest distinctions of a war is friend enemy. We can't do that. Right. And again, in the church, guys are so petrified of doing this rightly so, because they don't want to be, they don't want to tribalize their churches, but then we don't, we don't sanctify our tribe. We are tribeless. Right. And so this is the biggest thing is, is we have to come back to this thing of we are at war. We are sun kings to bring dominion. A king has enemies. A king puts boundaries. A king takes land. And we have friends and we have enemies. Now, what do we do with our enemies, right? We don't go out and murder and kill. We seek to win them. We seek to either peacefully uh, set up boundaries of like, you're not going to abuse me. You're not going to come on my property. Or, you know, because I often say this with guys. They're like, well, what is, you know, what is the, the, the answer to, to multi-ethnic multiculturalism, you know, and it's like, I, I do believe people have a right to their own homelands, their own ethnic uh, homelands, you know, like everyone, everyone should have what the Israelis have. And so the Israelis have a great model, you know, the Indians, the Chinese, the Japanese, they have a great model of like, you have to look like us. You have to obey our rules and cultures to have citizenship, to have, you know, you can come in and visit us. You can come and be friendly. You can come be a resident. You can come work here if you honor and are valuable to our culture, if you're a, a, a valuable person to our culture, you can come and live here. And so we've lost this idea. It's just straight neo-Nazism or straight global clown world of like, just let everyone in. We love everyone. There's no distinction. We're all a gray soup. Or the, the other meme is neo-Nazism. Everyone must be gassed. Only blonde haired, blue eyed Aryans in the ethno state. And it's like, no, no, no. There's, there's models going on. Like the Amish are a great model. The Mormons are a great model. The Muzis are a great model. Japan's a great model. Israel, our greatest ally, is a great model. Like, let's let's not 
resort to the two memes like guys there's there's a way forward and we can't we can't get hung up on the big geopolitical moves because we're not there yet and we we you know in all likelihood never will be right what we can do is the amish and the mormon and the muslim strategy in a clown world society but we have to think that we are at war friend enemy you know, what are, what are our institution, what are the goals that we are, are going hard for, that we're either going to subvert and capture and then weaponize or copy and weaponize. DVG, if the social media app or website is free, then you are the product. If a bank makes money off of your activity, then they are winning and you are feeding your enemy. Yeah. And that's why it's very important. You know, I, I, I look at this this thing of YouTube and Twitter and it's like, man, they're a bunch of sneaky buggers because we've built all of our, and, and they've done it well, right? It's, it's, it's great user interface. It's great to use it. It's easy to use. Even, even having an iPhone, you know, being tracked all the time, having radiation on my balls all the time. There's, there's a double edge to this, you know, of like, again, we don't want to just throw it away and, and, and go Amish because there is great stuff to this. Like all you guys, like we would never have, have interacted. We would never have be having these, these ideas and spaces. And, you know, so it's like, how do we use their own stuff against them until they kick us off and make us then build our own stuff, which is, it's a, again, it's a, it's a blessing both ways. Like they don't kick us off. We have great conversations and meet new people. If they do kick us off, we become resilient and build our own things. But to be aware of that, that's right. You know, like go use a local credit bank. Don't, don't be giving your money. Uh, to global homo banks and things like that. Uh, do your man. Read your local synagogue's newsletter. You'll be amazed at the things they create for their community. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Maybe I should also sign up for some Mormon. Uh, I'll ask my Mormon mutual. I've got a ton of Mormon mutuals on Twitter. I love them. I just think, you know, it's like, it's this whole thing of like, I'm not trying to convert them. I couldn't care less of being converted to them. And it's like, I just enjoy the culture that they like, Man, it's like being a little skinny, hungry kid in Africa with a fly on my lip and someone paid the $5 a month so that I could come to America and live my American dream. And I see these beautiful, glorious young chads just living life, never having stopped, never having had a fly on their lip. And I'm like, wow, teach me your ways. DBG, there was no smith found through all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears. But all the Israelites went down to the Philistines in order to sharpen their weapons. Hebrews became dependent on their enemies, the Philistines, to make war on the Philistines. Exactly. You know, and it's, 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 that's a, it's a great, a great biblical parallel is what we're talking about here. TVG, that's awesome. Do Yoman, we need to help people recognize civilizational competitors that they're dangerous, but not necessarily evil. Exactly that, man. You know, I used to be Mr. Rainbow Nation. And it made me so angry at the blacks. I got so angry when I was in South Africa, because you're like, guys, just do the right, you know, because, because the, the liberal clown world propaganda of Mr. Rainbow Nation is that we're all the same. All the races are the same. All the cultures are the same. All, every man is the same equality. And so I would get, I would get mad when, when the Zulu guys wouldn't act English, when the Indian guys wouldn't act English, when the Afrikaans guys wouldn't act English, because it's like, you expect your liberal worldview expects every in, in the heart of every black man, there's an Englishman just waiting to get out. 
you know, and we just have to give them the opportunities and the encouragement. And, and yeah, it's just like, you get angry, you, you get mad. And, and that is the true hatred that comes out because you're putting on these guys expectations that they can never fulfill. I can never in all my might, you know, be a Jew in all my might, be a Muslim because it's impossible to be a Japanese, right? I cannot, I cannot learn the culture in my lifetime. It's, it's, it's unlearnable, right? And so to expect other cultures to just come to America and become American, it's like, sorry, chaps, you're, you're creating a hard time, you know? And, and that's it. Uh, you're saying there, it's like, they're dangerous. And so we have to be aware and we have to put up boundaries and we have to be like, no, you, you don't come into my house. You don't get to come live with me and keep your Somalian ways, but they're not evil. They're just Somalian. They're not evil. They're just Hebrew. They're not evil. They're just Indian. They're not evil. They're just, you know, whatever different person they are. You know, I had to learn this with the Indians. <laughs> the Indians are like the Jews of South Africa. They, and there is a sizable Jewish community in, in South Africa, but I just had a lot of dealings with the Indians in my time in South Africa, man, they have a business with every cousin and every uncle and every auntie, their in-group economy is just through the roof perfected, but they are, man, they will push for every deal, every discount, every, like they, they have no shame in their economic dealings and, and demands and pushes. And like, as an English boy, you're like, well, that's pretty rude, you know? And, and, and like, they take you for a ride if you don't have good boundaries and it's not because they're evil. It's because they're Indian. You know, and it's like when you understand this, and you're like, oh, they're Indian. Like when my wife, my my beautiful American wife uh, came to South Africa with, with me with, uh, I think it was her second time in South Africa. And, and we went into a shop and there was an Indian sales lady. We were looking to buy a, a new bed. And uh, it was our first week back in South Africa. And this Indian lady comes up and in my mind, I'm just like, oh, Indian sales lady, she's going to push the heck out of us to to make a sale. Whereas my wife's just like, oh, like, you know, my wife's just nice to everybody. And we walked out of there and my wife's like, I hate Indians. Are all of them like this? And I was like, welcome to Indians. Like they will push you for the sale until you die. Like you've just got to say no and thank you and smile and walk out of there. But she didn't know that. And so she didn't know to put a boundary up. She didn't know to push back. She didn't know, you know, if they're rude to you, you'd be a bit rude back. And it's like, that's how they work. They, they respect strength. Whereas us English boys respect politeness. And it's like, not going to happen with this tribe, you know? And it's that whole thing. They're not evil. They're not bad people. They're just Indian, you know? And it's like, it sets you free. You're like, wow, I don't have to hate anyone anymore. You know, when you realize like the media and the banks and all of that crap, like, wow, I don't have to hate, you know, the Democrats. Like, I don't have to hate these people. You know, when you've got a liberal cray cray, love is love. Uh, Kindness is contagious and all these yard signs, you know, BLM yard signs and, and Biden for president yard signs, whatever. Like I used to get so mad. I used to like have hatred in my heart, murder in my heart towards these people. And then you just realize like, we're not the same tribe. Like they're not my people, not my monkeys, not my zoo. <sighs> and all this hatred just leaves your heart. Now, now they're dangerous. I put up boundaries. You don't let them in your institutions. You don't let them in your house. You don't let them in your church. Unless they repent, you put up those boundaries. But oh, I don't have to hate them anymore because they're not they're not my monkeys. They they don't get in my zoo. They're someone else's zoo, you know. It's a great point, Dayoma.
Do you, man? I live in a city. The local Jews bought an urban farm so their kids wouldn't have to visit a non-kosher farm. Incredible investment. Yeah, man. Ain't that amazing? You know, man, these guys are thinking to win. They're thinking generationally. There's so much we can learn from them if we're willing to let go of the memes and let go of the purity spiraling of, of guilt by association and fear by association and, and, and go and learn. Andrew Kinn, welcome, brother. Rob, they're not bad people, but they're not your people. That's, that's, put that on a shirt, brother. That's wonderful. Exactly, you know. And that's the whole thing. It's learning that other girls are not my wife, and so I don't have to save them. You know, if my wife has a, a flat tire on the highway, I will drive 25 hours. I will do anything to go and save my wife because she's my wife. Some random girl calls me and is like, oh, hi, I just random dialed this number. I'm stuck on a highway. Could you come? It's like, sorry, <laughs> not my monkey, not my zoo. So, yeah, you know, I think that's a, it's a great, a great thing for us of, of just like being aware, like, man, what is our goal? It's institutional capture. It's, it's wealth, land and power. It's, it's increasing our status in our hierarchy, you know, and then it's guarding our hierarchy from subverters. It's guarding our hierarchy from traders. It's guarding our hierarchy from from attack by other hierarchies. And then we can be friends. You know, we can be friends with Jews. We can be friends with blacks. We can be friends with Indians because we're not riding all of our hopes and dreams for peace and prosperity on them acting like an Englishman. DVD, send a picture first. What are we referring to here? Oh, <laughs> the woman, the woman on the highway, send picture first. Yes, you sly man. It's probably, uh, it's probably not a bad uh, strategy for the single gentleman among us. Highway patrol, go and rescue, rescue damsels. Andrew Quinn, all the right do is complain. They need an Anglo plan. These videos and conversations are providing the plan. Yeah, thanks, man. That's so good, man. All that I do is complain. And, and that's our whole life. You know, we've been brought up in this effeminate frame that we can't do anything. But what we can do is complain and point out hypocrisy and all this stuff. You know, it's like, that's not how you fight a war. You fight a war through power, you know, by wielding power, by creating power, by, by sharing power with, with allies and, and brothers. And so, you know, I saw a great, I saw, I was going through some of my screenshots that I take a lot of screenshots for, for all the great glory that I, I harvest on, on Twitter from all of you guys. But a guy, he was saying how, um, the difference between a gatekeeper and a grifter, sorry, the, the difference between a gate, a gateway, the difference between a gateway and a grifter. So he says a gateway will lead people all the way up to the no-no point, you know, the, the can't talk about point. But he will never denounce the people who do take people beyond that, you know. Whereas a grifter will denounce the people that go into, into territory. You know, like, you know, you look at Jordan Peterson and was like, well, he's a gateway to Christianity and he's a gateway to masculinity and a gateway to conservatism. And it's like, no, 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 he's a grifter. Like he will flat out denounce, you know, he asked Brett Kavanaugh, do the right thing, resign. And it's like, Okay, dude, you're crazy, you know, and he'll denounce anyone who talks about who owns the media and who owns the banks. And again, not to, not to go and hate them, but it's like, let's have a frank discussion. You know, if I'm sending my wife to the shops in South Africa and I know she's going, she's going to a, an Indian store, 
I'm sending her with specific instructions of they're going to try ride the price on you. They're going to try get 28 other sales out of you. <clears throat> when you go there, have the cash in your hand for the amount you're willing to pay. This is the thing I want to buy and be firm. Thank you. Here's the money. And the moment they start bargaining with you, the moment they start pushing you, you walk out the door and you tell them to call me if, if like you're not, because there's a reality there, right? And so that's what we mean by media and by banking, right? Of who owns the media institutions, who owns the banking institutions. It's not so that we can like, oh, I hate them. It's like, no, no, no. Now we know how to deal. Now we know how to send our kids into society. We know how to send our, our wives into society because we're not sending them to the wolves as this innocent little sheep. Oh, everyone's a sheep. Everyone's Anglo. Everyone is polite. Everyone is talking honestly. Everyone wants the best for me. You know, we were uh, buying our half beef this week. Uh, so we we're on the phone with, with the local butcher and he's like, Hey man, like you give me a fair price. And so, you know, put the phone down and I'm chatting with my wife and I'm like, this guy's either trying to scam me, you know, cause my, my walls are up. Right. I'm like, this guy's trying to scam me. And like, I've got to put the first price forward. But then you realize like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. no, no, no. Like this is Anglo Germanic society. This is a chap down the road. Who's, who's, he's running his own small business. He's a, he's a butcher. He's doing everything the right way. And like, he's like, Hey man, like here's, Here's what I can get you. You give me a price. And so I'm like, I'm going to be generous to him because I want him to stock grass-fed meat. You know, it's not an easy thing to find around here. So I want to reward the guy and be generous and, and promote my local economy and in-group economy. So I call him back, give him a good price. And he's like, thanks, man. Uh, that's that's a bit too high. Um, I was actually thinking this. And he came down on the price that I was willing to get. And it's like, because we're it's too cheap. <laughs> Eating grass together in a posture. It's like, we can all do, you know, he wants me to come back as a customer. And, and it's like, but you, when it's when it's our group, it's like you're sending a sheep to the wolves, you know. So it's it's a great distinction there, uh, Andrew. They need an Anglo plan, exactly, man. We need to pander to our people, you know. No one cares when a politician says we've got a plan for the blacks, we've got a plan for the Hispanics, we've got a plan for the Asians, we've got a plan for the Somalis, we've got a plan for the Israelis who don't even live in our country, we've got a plan for. Africa, we've got a plan, you know, like a plan for everybody else except your people. And it's like, because they're not our politicians, they're not our guys, you know? And so I think that's where like the Amish have it right. I'm like, everyone's not their guy. Like they know who is not their guy, everybody. <laughs> and like, it makes life easy, you know, and it can be very peaceful. It can be very calming. We stop placing all of our expectation on these, on these politicians. We stop placing all of our expectation on these media guys we've stopped putting all of our expectation on these activists because they're not our guys you know and and we start building locally we start building online this tribe of 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 anglo protestant guys or if you're scotch irish or if you're germanic whatever it is like you know we can all be we can all be friends towards this thing of of protestant civilization again of 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 traditional just small town americana like god all we want is to live peacefully among people who are like us. And so what's the plan? You know, it's so true. We, we need, we need to talk the plan, show the plan, show the plan, show the plan, do the plan. Do the, and what's the plan? Negative institution building, positive institution building, build the institutions, get married, have children, school them yourself, make a ton crap of money, crap ton of money, buy a ton crap ton of land, get your own food systems and logistics supplies. Like make friends, build a militia, get armed. Like there's so much fun stuff we can do that doesn't rely on anybody giving us approval or, or anything like that. And then 
you know, we can also have secret societies and subvert and have fun, you know, and take over institutions and weaponize institutions. Like, man, what a fun, like, no one is having more fun than us because like, we've got a war, we've got our cultural war. And it's like, and again, no boogaloos for my four FBI guys watching me, like, peace. <laughs> I've got 2 million memes to look through, please. It'll take some time. DVD, yes, Dissident Right can't seem to understand that rage porn is still just someone else doing it. Man, that is some good stuff right there. Exactly, man. We get so outraged and we feel all the feelings. And, and hatred, by the way, is a very addictive feeling for a victim, for a effeminate man. If I can, if I can blame stuff on someone else, which effectively complaining is, and then feel angry and rage and, and outrage then I feel like I've done something, right? I feel like I've done something without doing anything. You know, it's that it's that video, I don't know if you've ever seen it, of two dogs with a slight, with a, a motor, motorized gate and they're like, and the gate is slowly opening and they're like, and then the gate opens and they're like, and they run away. You know, that's outrage. That's what outrage is. That's what, what outrage porn is, is like, is Ben Shapiro going like, can you believe this guy? You know, like, again, can you believe this? And, and just like outrage and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, go do something like let's, let's name some names, you know, let's name some names and let's go do stuff. And it's like, Oh no, 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 no. Like you're a bigot. You're the Nazi. I'll name your name. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh man. Anyway, W laser, what a legendary butcher. Yeah. I haven't met him in, in person yet. You know, it was, so I've met him over the phone. We, we, uh, we got some connections through some, you know, you through the grapevine. Like, Hey, does anyone know where to get grass fed meat? And so he called us up and was like, hey, I heard you're interested. And like, you could see him feeling us out. You know, he was like, I heard you guys are interested in some grass-fed meat. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are there any antibiotics? And he's like, no, no antibiotics. And like, and he's like, okay, I see where they're going. He's like, uh, you guys, uh, are you guys interested in, uh, in Barta? You know, like we're, we're start getting to the stage of like, each of us just like over the, you know, the, the phone conversation creeps to like an hour of like now start talking about localism and local food supply and economy and, uh, you know, it's just like, wow, these are our people. It's, it's so cool. So cool. Anyway, chaps, uh, some final questions. If any of you have any comments or questions, I'm just trying to think what else I wanted to talk about, about coming with me to Gaul. But I think that's a great, a great distinction for us, you know, is um, the Gauls were a bunch of uncivilized barbarians who spoke a different language. And, uh, and the Romans were a bunch of civilized militaristic men who had an adventure and danger. And it's like, we have to start thinking of ourselves the same way, you know, who identifying our people, identifying our culture, identifying our uh, institutions that we are renowned for, that we are famous for and, and really gathering strength at that. And, and, and not only gathering strength at it, but, and it's hard for a lot of us guys who are more solitary guys, you know, a lot of guys are, are, eh, if you want it done, properly do it yourself or, or just, Hey, everyone else, leave me alone. Like, can I be part of this plan? Uh, but can I do it alone? Like, yeah, yeah, you can. That's great. But let's do it alone together. <laughs> you know, let's, it's that whole thing of, of not being demanding on other people or not being, uh, you know, too much in your neighbor's house, but you do want a neighbor, you know? And, and so even there, it's like interpersonal boundaries, you know, of, of we're so petrified of, of teaming up with other guys for, you know, for fear of, of becoming a hippie commune or for fear of being friends with the, with the serial killer or whatever. Uh, but, but we need to start taking these risks, 
you know, taking these risks of, of meeting our guys and, and calling our guys and uh, uh, just encouraging each other to build alone together, you know. Sweet brothers, have a wonderful uh, Tuesday. I think tomorrow we will uh, touch, touch a bit more on the institutions maybe and we'll talk about what our goal is and, and talk about some institutions and how to have fun uh, instead of despair and instead of entrapment. DBG, barbarian spirit, and Roman civilization and knowledge equals Paris and high historical French culture. Yeah, you know, it's a wonderful, that's a wonderful thing, you know, this this whole, our ethnic mixes, you know, our, our ethnic uh, skills and propensities and, and talents and gifts and how they mix and, and match and influence each other. Um, you know, just a, a quote that comes to mind is, is de Tocqueville, a Frenchman himself, uh, in 1835, uh, after his his uh, trip around America trying to figure out why it was so great, he basically concluded everything by saying, America is the Englishman left to himself. So good. Love you, brothers. Have a wonderful evening, and we'll see you all tomorrow.